0: Begin
1: transmission. You are listening to Corellian Run Radio, your route through hyperspace to the latest news on Star Wars The Old Republic.
2: This episode is brought to you by the ArmsTech Crafting Skill. What do you want? to really get the job done. A buzzing sound rainbow bright glow stick? Or a man's weapon? The kind that causes hearing loss and nearly knocks you off your feet when you pull the trigger? When it's time to get busy, your blaster, handcrafted with only the finest metals, alloys, and synthetics, is your best friend.
1: Hi, and welcome to Corellian Run Radio. I'm Kathy.
2: And I'm Carla. This is episode number 12. We're recording Sunday night, December 12th.
1: We have a special guest with us. We have Zach Brown from Moss Isley Radio. The, uh, Zach, welcome. Hello, everyone. How are you guys doing? We were... Uh, honored to be on their podcast a few weeks ago and so we had so much fun that we thought it'd be fun to have Zach back on and I don't know that there are any listeners out there that haven't if they know us they don't know you
3: but why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about Moss Radio. Okay uh, well you at least warned me ahead of time that I was going to have to talk about this and <laughs> I still didn't think of what I was going to say here. Uh, we're, we're similar to, to you guys we're a podcast that talks about star wars the the old republic and we've been looking forward to the re- release of this game for some time and um it's just myself and my friend good friend of mine and we've known each other for a long time named brooks and uh we're just kind of like hey you want? We, well we used to do a podcast just because we wanted to do something for fun and we talked about random nerd stuff and <laughs> and we never got any listeners it was kind of one of those things where we, we didn't really try to get a lot of listeners, but at the same time, uh, it was just like, eh, we never could get anywhere with it. And then we were both really anticipating the release of this game, and they released the, the Sieve trailer two years ago almost. It's hard to believe that. It was about right. a year and a half ago. But after that, we were like, man, we should we should start a podcast that's just about the Old Republic. And He was like, I'd be down for that. And One thing led to another, and we just started doing it, and then... You know, here we are, like nearly 18 months later, and still doing it, and we're actually excited to see how much the community's grown in the last 18 months. The the see podcasts like your yeah, so, guys is popping up, and
1: yeah, so you guys were here pretty much at the beginning, huh?
3: Well, I wouldn't say we're the first. Uh, I know ToroCast likes to let everyone know that they, they were. They're the longest running Star Wars The Old Republic podcast. But at the time, I think there was maybe them and one other or two others and then us. And right. there was really no one else out there. I mean, Darth Hater, I don't even think, was around when we first uh-huh. started doing it. It was shortly afterwards they launched their website. So, yeah, it's been we've been around for a little bit, I guess. But they're, they're, we, we can't at least... I mean, we're not the originals, so. No, <laughs> but you've been following the updates for for a while. Oh yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, And we're we're excited about this game, and and with each each new update, it's just kind of like it feeds that excitement that much more, and, it, and it's kind of like wow, I didn't expect that, or or I kind of expected that, and even though I was expecting it, it still kind of pass my surpassed my expectations, and we right. get a lot of that. When we're looking at the news that's released weekly or bi-weekly or it seems like anymore it's monthly for us but whenever we get around to talk about it
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I know. It's just when Carl and I have only been doing this since when do we do this? Like the summer sometimes. Yeah, sort of in July. Yeah. And I and I already feel like we've been doing it for so long. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that we've hardly
1: done you know compared to some of these other podcasts, but uh, but it's been great. It's been great to get to know some of the other people in the community, get to know you guys. Um, and and um, and as we move into the what have you been doing this past Week it's like I, we've we've started playing Cataclysm again. It's been even more fun to like chat with some of the Karelian Run radio listeners and the the Moss Isley radio listeners in Guild chat. So I really oh yeah. Really gotta- I had a lot of fun with that. Um, we should probably mention that. Yeah, I know that you guys talked about it a little bit at your your last podcast, but we hadn't gotten settled yet, so we didn't want to release the name of the guild. But but um, <laughs> but, but Zach came up with "Don't Feed the Wampas," <laughs> um, and we are on Anvilmar server, uh, which is a PVE server. So anyone Alliance Alliance, yes, thank you. Uh, so anybody that just wants to hang, it's a super casual uh, organization. And- And it's growing a little bit every time I go on there. There are a few more names on the roster. So it's been been fun to watch that.
3: I had a funny moment just thinking about this with you. Well, when I first created my character, because I I can't remember if I was talking to Carla or if I was talking to you, Kathy. But you're, you're like, my character's name is this. Just send me a message when you get on and I'll add you and everything. And we can start working this guild idea out. So I jumped on and I was like, I don't see you. It's saying, like, player not found. And I think it was Carla. It
2: was me. It, yeah.
3: And I was like, it's saying player not found. And then I was like, I have to be spelling your name right. And then, and I tried, like, three or four times. And, and then she's like, well, what's your name? And I gave her my name. And she's like, I don't, I don't see it anywhere. Like, it's saying player not found. And then I logged out and looked. And somehow I thought I was on An- Anvilmar, but, like, I was on a server that started with a W. I have no <laughs> idea how I managed to do that. They like had like level seven Morgan, and I was going to town, and I was like, "Oh great, awesome! No wonder." Start
2: over. <laughs> well, that's like I was like
3: I'm just just hanging out in the rain by myself over here. at this <laughs> service, so. it's That gray rainy town. Yeah. Um,
1: well, that's like Brooks. We'd originally talk
3: about, and we we
1: originally were talking about doing it in a different server. And so Brooks went ahead and jumped the gun even before Cataclysm. And I think he'd gotten somebody all the way up to like level fifteen. And, and then yeah. <laughs> we had to tell him, uh, change of plan. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but but anyway. Yeah, that was my fault. Yeah. Now now we're all we're all in one place and and so we would love to have other people join us. Um so that was kind of my what I've been doing this past week. How about you
0: guys?
3: What about well, you, I can I can certainly say I cataclysm is pretty much well, it's took up most of my free time with the exception of I got together with Brooks last night and a, and a few other friends of ours and a friend of mine recently got engaged. Well, actually it was yesterday and it, his now fiance wanted to, it was his, his birthday today wanted to pr- plan kind of like a surprise party thing for him, mm-hmm. but he likes LANing Cause we used to land all the time. And for people that don't know what a land is, it, it's local area network. And it's kind of like a bunch of nerds get their computers together. They hook them all up and then they play games together all night. And it's just kind of like, you're all in the same room and you're having fun with each other and that kind of stuff. And, and uh, so we planned like a surprise land for him and ended up playing a lot of, Battlefield Bad Company 2 and Left 4 Dead last night, but it was good times and we got out of there probably two or three o'clock this morning and <laughs> I've got to do that in a while. So, aside from that, I would say Cataclysm has took up most of my free time this week. Yeah, I understand. And I've enjoyed every, I've enjoyed probably 80% of it. So, like <laughs> that's I, right. I, I mean, I didn't think I was going to get sucked back in a while. I, I was thinking about it. It's probably been about a year and a Here's half, two a years
2: suction from here. Yeah,
3: I know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, been about a year and a half or two years, probably since I'd really dedicated a lot of time to the game. And, and I started playing casually about six months ago just to see what had changed. And there hadn't been any major changes at the time when I created a new character and just kind of was messing around. And, uh, I decided to quit and wait till they kind of released all the new changes. And um, I put everything I put WoW on the back burner, and then Cataclysm came out this week. I almost did the midnight thing, and it was snowing and nine degrees <laughs> where I lived at the time. And I was like, you know what? No, never mind. And so, <laughs> got it right. the next. I got it the next day. But I'm loving every minute of it for the most part. I love the guild. It's it's really cool to just get a bunch of people that really haven't ever met each other before, but they're all kind of they all kind of know each other in a roundabout way, and we're all excited for the same game which is the old republic and we're all kind of talking about it and, and stuff and everything and yeah it's kind been of great it's an ideas back and forth yeah it's I, been and i'm really just going to sh- shut up because i'm just <laughs>
1: <laughs> carla have you been doing anything aside from cataclysm
2: uh, well you know this has been a really a busy week when i sit back and i look at it all in retrospect uh, i'm going okay well last monday was my birthday and happy then birthday I, Thank you very much. And then about three o'clock on my birthday, okay. And remember, this is the the night that Cataclysm is going to release, oh, okay. Wow. And I'm one of those that go to GameStop at midnight because I like the whole fun. You know the fun. Everybody. Yeah, it's a social you know. event. Yeah, it's a social event. I I like all that. So I like to go to GameStop at midnight. Anyway, about three o'clock, I got sicker than a dog and started running a hundred and one degree fever mm-hmm. on my birthday oh. on Cataclysm Eve. Okay. It's and terrible. so here I am eating. I'm eating some Tylenol and stuff, and I'm laying down and I'm trying. I'm feeling bad. I'm drinking lots of liquids and I just really feel bad. And then about ten o'clock at night, ten thirty, I go. I've got to get up I've got to go get the game and I said should I wear one of those masks or something <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> like when the <laughs> SARS <laughs> epidemic
2: was going on <laughs> and I done infect everybody and then all of a sudden my fever just vanished vanished I felt good about 11 30 I started feeling great and I was just pulling into the parking lot and I'm saying perfect timing oh,
1: the <laughs> magical the magical blizzard so he's healed That's what healed you're
3: the- saying is the cure for the common cold is World yeah, of Warcraft? Yeah, <laughs> it, it, Blizzard, a, Blizzard has solved all the world's problems right there. That's
2: right. That's right. So I must have had like an eight-hour bug or something because I really felt bad. Okay, really bad. But then <laughs> I got my game and I was still feeling not great after I got home. So I just I didn't even install it. You know, well I had. You know, pre downloaded it. I didn't even put my code in. I went to bed and got up really early in the morning and did everything. So, and then, of course, we have our the, a couple of podcasts that I do on Friday night, which is the Guild Life and then the Tour Syndicate podcast. And we had a special guest on the Tour Syndicate podcast, which was Stephen Reed from Bio. Oh, very so, cool. I've had a very eventful week and it's just been lots of fun and, uh, Sick and fun at the same time. <laughs> All right. Good
1: way to start the Christmas season. I dig
3: my Christmas tree up. Oh, oh there you go. So, that, that's something that's not wow related that I did this week. So. Hooray.
2: Hooray. You do have a that's real
1: life. A I
3: still have a life. I'm okay.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, it's time for our host challenge.
3: Fact. You know it to be true.
1: Or Fiction.
2: That's impossible! I'm going to read three bits of information or leads about the game. Two of them will be made up or not yet confirmed. Only one will be a fact confirmed by BioWare. Your job is to pick out which one is true. Zach and Kathy, are you ready? <laughs> I hope so.
0: Let's do right. it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> go, go. Here
2: are your three leads. Players can issue crafting orders to up to five companions at a time two each companion can have unlimited crafting task in their queue three you can cancel crafting progress from anywhere if you need to but you will lose all your materials
3: so i hope it's not three
2: (laughs) (laughs) so after hearing all three leads which one is the confirmed fact
1: Okay. Well, the what was that middle one? Unlimited tasks. That's not true.
3: That'd I feel cool. like it's one. I, well, I know it has to be one because we were just talking about this for like 45 minutes on That's our live. Right. That's right. That's <laughs> right. We were trying to figure this out and wrap our heads around this whole crafting thing, and it seems like. It, it should be one, so I, I, that's where I'm gonna put my money. I, yeah,
1: I think I think that's probably true because number two, the unlimited, you, it isn't unlimited. It's only up to five per person. Like, or un, or yeah, is that what the thing was? <clears throat> and then three, you can you can cancel time but you but you do get to keep your mats. That was something that. Um, everybody said so ding, number one ding, 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 ding. <laughs> very good
2: very good i tried to make them a little tricky this <laughs> yeah,
1: i know because
3: because we have failed to stump the hosts every week so it's, far <laughs> i was gonna say it's always bad when you get hear the right like i hate it when i'm taking a test and you have it's multiple choice and you, you know the answer is like the first one, and it's like they wouldn't put the answer as like the first answer. Like there's four <laughs> other ones. Like they're not just gonna give you the answer right it's off. So then you start. <laughs> yeah, so then, so then you start playing mind games with yourself. Like you're not really thinking about if it's the answer or not. You're thinking there's no way that they would put they would have led with lead one in your case, Carla, as as the answer. And I was like, no, that. got
2: different. Gotta <laughs> <That'd> be different.
1: <laughs> That's right.
3: Um, all right. Great.
1: Good job, everybody up next developer updates and breaking news from the newsnet and
3: we are
1: Okay, so let's see. We need to go back a little bit. Um it's we actually tried to record our podcast last week, and I thought we were all caught up, but we had a little snafu and delay. So let's go back to um, – there was a – this is a while ago. The EA Games, they made an official release date announcement again. And it's going to be fiscal year 2012. Um uh, and the reason, and I think that it got reported a few places. I have a gamasutra.com article uh, that we can post in the show notes. Um, the only reason it's probably worth talking about is because there were, did you guys like see some of the, the strange community responses when this was got out in the news?
2: Oh, yeah. It was really like everybody's going, oh, my God, 2012. See, we all knew it was doom and gloom. We're not going to be out in 2011.
1: Well, I have to admit, like when I first saw it, fiscal year 2012, I didn't understand the business calendar and my first reaction was like, huh, what? <laughs> but then I read, you know, okay, well, that's the beginning, April 2011 is the beginning of the year. To, so really, it's still, you know, they've been saying all along, which is spring 2011, so, but but there were some people that were reporting it as, as a pushback or, you know, people are trying to say, oh, this is, you know, this is just a sign that everything is screwed up and I thought that was really odd.
2: I know, why would they want to jump on the negative bandwagon and not the positive one?
1: Well, the negative bandwagon. Well, is
3: way I more think fun. there's a lot of people that are just, I don't know, I feel like there, there are some people out there that are just determined that this game is not going to be successful. And and there are some people out there that are determined that the game is probably going to be successful. Well, I don't know if that you can be determined that something's probably going to happen. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but I would say that, the, there's just probably a few bad apples and it's true because i've discovered this recently if you're not careful a few bad apples can ruin the rest of them <laughs> and, and i'm speaking from experience because i'm gonna bowl of apples that are going bad but what I, mean, <laughs> what I mean by that though is is this is one of the things I, I hope community members can just like nip in the butt and just be like you know this is the facts kind of go educate yourself a little bit before you make a harsh judgment knee-jerk reaction and and you know stay positive on it it's nothing that's that crazy or you know i've kind of felt like the game is probably gonna i've always kind of felt like the game is gonna be is probably a year off anyways that that's just my personal opinion but i'll be happy if i'm wrong oh
1: no what <laughs> as <long> as It's always <laughs> so, like, christmas 2011 no 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 that, that's that's
3: too well, late. <laughs> well, i'm thinking all but well i agree with you though Spring. It's, it, I, I hope it's spring. spring. So, you know, <laughs> damn I it. I, but you know, I was. It's kind of funny because I was thinking about this the other day, and it's like this game is doomed to have this kind of a reaction, I guess you'd say, because the way the internet has changed, the way we get information, you know, in the last five years now everything's instantaneous and and it's almost changed just the internet users mindset to where now they expect everything now.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: And, and I think that's why you see a lot of people probably freaking out about this because they're like, no, I want this now. Like this doesn't make sense to me. Like it's been in development for four years now, you you know, it was why, why isn't it ready or or everything like that. And, and it's just, I, I feel for companies that are trying to go out and accomplish a task as daunting as this one and at the same time know that no matter what they do they're never going to be fast enough and they're always going to be under a microscope and it's even that much worse now than it would have been let's just say in 2000 mm-hmm. when could you imagine when bio or not Bio blizzard if they when they were creating world of warcraft if it was in like if the internet was back then how it is today how Criticized they would have been, and like how much people would have been up in arms over the slightest little changes or things like that. And
2: oh, yeah, because they were always changing things. They would say, Oh, we're going to do this. And then it would be something completely different in the game. Yeah. You know, and so.
3: I, and I remember back 10 years ago, you didn't get your information, but maybe like once to, two, to three times a year in your favorite PC gaming magazine. And that was like the extent of the information for the most part. It did, I mean, yeah, you could find it online, but the The world wasn't as web driven then as it is now, and therefore right. news wasn't as instantaneous as it is now. And, and so I think people just need to chill. Yeah, in a nutshell. well, this I agree.
1: is this is my first experience following a game before release, so it's been very it's been very interesting and been sort of fascinated with watching the community reaction. But but yeah. So anyway, they made the announcement uh, that they're. Release date is still the release date, so that's <laughs> that's our first news item. <laughs> What's next, Carl?
2: Alrighty. Well, Gamestar Magazine gives mixed reviews of Star Wars: The Old Republic, and Stephen Reed responds to the inaccuracies. Um, we have a link to that in our show notes. Um, Star Wars: um, The Old Republic strategies did an overview of it, and then also Stephen Reed responded um, to the forums on a thread. And and basically, it taught. You know, he was correcting, or really not maybe correcting, but clarifying PvP and and what has been released so far about war zones. You know.
1: Yeah, I think that they were wasn't the the person who wrote the article. There were just some. They said things like, yeah, it said things like you will only have PvP in war zones. I think was something that was reported, uh, which is not true. And he, re- you know, he said that's we are going to have other things we that's just the only thing we've talked about so far
2: and they haven't reported it right
1: right and then they and then i think uh, the reporter complained about the flesh raiders the mobs and saying they all look the same Right. (laughs) even though i guess they before the play demo they had been told by bioware look they're going to look all the same now but that's not the way it's going to be in the game and and we even had that recent uh, d- dev update that showed the, how different they look so so there was just some you know it's it's hard to yeah you know, when you have some a reporter and their article is so f- filled with things that are just wrong um it you know it it kind of begs the question of how
3: reliable huh. is the source yeah right. and it's kind of funny because you you don't want to send somebody to report on something that's going to be biased to one side or the other I mean that's why I don't think we consider ourselves a news kind of fan site that, that is mm-hmm. Mos Eisley Radio, just because we obviously want the game to succeed. We obviously uh, are looking forward to this game. We love Star Wars. We love MMOs. And so, like, our opinion is we're going to, like, lean towards the, the Old Republic, you know, 90 times out of 100 or something like that. Right. But at the same time, you – you I, I hate it when you get these people and I've heard this with other similar sites or rep, maybe other podcasts I've listened to and they'll have someone talk about the old republic and they're just kind of like oh it kind of stunk because it did this and this and this and they're like well do you like MMOs to begin with and they're like eh, not really <laughs> and it's like well, why would you send someone that doesn't even like MMOs to go cover an MMO story what all they're going to do is just kind of like bash it. I mean they're not gonna just come out and be like this is terrible, but they're gonna have that mindset from the get go. Unless if their mind is just completely changed when they demo this and like, oh wow, there's a lot of potential here.
0: Well right. But you I, want
3: you I, want somebody who knows who experiences who understands the game to go yeah. and
1: review it, not and
3: somebody I, I guess what I'm saying and what I'm getting here is I wonder if that was the case with this this reporter. Like if they I don't understand how they could tell you, hey, the models are gonna look like this in this demo You know, that's just for right now. This is something that we fix later on down the road. This is called, that's when we're polishing the game and, and like why they wouldn't listen to that and include that in their story. That just doesn't make sense to me.
2: Well, I mean, it's, it goes back to the whole thing that, you know, they're giving us advanced information and, and as the game is tested, you know, they're going to be making changes and they're going to be evolving things and they're just, I'm just thankful that they're getting us information. Why are you beating them to death?
3: Yeah. And I can tell you one thing. BioWare is going to listen to the people that you know, calmly and perf- bring like some sort of response in a professional manner to them. The ones that are just like, oh, this is the lanser. Like, I don't care about this. This is junk. They're just going to be like, well, good. We don't really – well, I would hope they would just be like, we don't really want that kind of ad- – those kind of players – partaking in our game to begin with i mean i'm sure that's not what their c or their their board is going to tell them where ea is going to right, gonna tell right. Them. But, but at the same time like they're not going to listen to anyone that's got that kind of attitude now if, i understand if there's an overwhelming complaint they're going to listen but well and and this is actually
1: one one thing that i that i didn't like to see in like the thread where people were responding you know is the is the I have to say that people who are really big tour fans, some of them can be very, very defensive, you know? I mean, like, Mm -hmm. you know, there, I mean, there's got, there are going to be people that don't like tour. There just are, and they're going to have their reasons. And, you know, it's sort of like, it's not if you try if someone tries to say anything that's too critical, even if it's if it kind of makes sense, there there's a certain segment of the population that just jumps on them and says you don't know what you're talking about. So you know I think that the fans do, should be able to you know receive constructive con- criticism or observations. Um, yeah, I'm not definitely. saying that this article was was that, but but you know you know I, I think the reality is it's a game and no game is going to appeal to everybody out there. So. And if
3: you have a complaint, just do it in a, I mean, I'm on my soapbox, but just do it in a manner that's kind of like, that's professional. And just say, you know what, I've observed this, and this is kind of concerning to me, and I'd like to know if there's any more information you can give me that would kind of address my concerns, or is this something that we need to wait on for a bit? And I'm sure the, the devs will respond to that kind of message Right. More than they will, like, oh, this is the most horrible thing, horrendous thing I've ever seen. And <laughs> cry, cry, cry. The game is doomed. The game yes. is doomed. It's, it, it, don't even reserve it, people, because it's going to be a, a bust. Yeah, so that's, that's okay.
2: The world is going to end in 2012 anyway.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I sure hope Door is out soon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Well. Then is that it's... the Is that the fiscal year 2012? Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, all
1: right. Okay. So let's go back. Let's go to the um the Friday update from December 3rd. There was the Developer blog by Patrick Mallet, um, and he talked about a bunch of things that have to do with crafting. So that I really liked that blog or that that update. I thought it was full of some cool things. Um, I, I liked how he said their their goal for for crafting was to make it fun and rewarding, which kind of you know they want to get rid of that grind. Um, I think they just sort of reiterated the. The the gathering can be done in three ways, which we knew. You, you yourself can gather the mats. You can get your companion who is with you to go gather the mats, or you can order a companion um, for, on your ship to go gather the mats. So, I don't want to get into that uh, whole thing about the 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 various <laughs> <laughs> the various levels of crafting. But one thing I really thought was interesting was the the affection rating and how that can change your effectiveness of, or your companion's effectiveness. What did you guys think about that?
2: I think it's really important that um, we do have something like that. I mean, I think that in order to be a master crafts person or to, to have the best of the best if I'm a, you know, I make this certain gun or whatever, um, I think that it should take your reputation with whoever is, making that into play i mean that hence the whole point of treating your companions fairly and well and send them off and to do diplomatic things and yeah I, i'm just i think it's important i i think that for the overall experience
1: well yeah i mean and just practically speaking they said one of the one of the things that could happen if you have a good affection rating is that your companion can complete a task in a, sh- a shorter amount of time. So yeah, it's really important, isn't it? <laughs> uh, you, well, you're one of
3: those. I think the, the really cool thing to take away from this is, is crafting and your success of crafting is not going to be necessarily based off the amount of time that you put into it. And your overall story is going to have an impact on how well you're able to craft or how well you're able to execute certain uh, crew skills, whether it be diplomacy or treasure hunting. And and so if you want to be that that person that maximizes your ability to find the best treasure out there, and I think the companion they talked about was Vet, that's going to be your companion that has a advantage to treasure hunting, right. you're going to want to – follow a storyline or make the right choices or just make the choices that's going to impress her to build a relationship with her. Because if you don't do that, then you might not get as big of a bonus or you might have more downtime because she's going to take a longer amount of time to complete a mission or something like that. So this excites me because it makes the story and the choices that you make for these, these stories impact like the other areas of the game Because a lot of people, when they approach an MMO, they're just like, oh, as long as I put all the time in the world into it, I'll come out on top. And, like, I don't like that kind of idea. I like there being an imperfect system to where – you play the game how you want and you make the choices how you want, but then there's going to be consequences for those choices and not everything is going to be perfect because of that. Well, so. don't you
1: think that you are? I mean, I think you are going to have to put time in, but it isn't just going to be standing in – but you're going to have to do it in different ways rather than just standing in front of the anvil and well, smelting. You're going to have yeah, to
3: do the things. Yeah, <laughs> Um it's, it's just more complex. Well, I guess I, what I'm saying is by time is like when I look at World of Warcraft's crafting system – like there's all these different perks you can get to just get a little bit more out of your character or there's different enhancements or advantages and all those enhancements are attainable um, because in uh, all you have to do, is it just, it's a matter of how much time are you willing to put into the game to get those. But what this is doing with your character relations is it's saying that you've got to make the right choices in your story to increase your relationship with these companion characters and if you don't make the right choices, then it doesn't matter how much time you put into it. If that character at the end of the day doesn't like you, that companion doesn't like you, then it's going to be less effective.
0: Or could and, leave.
3: Or could yeah. leave, exactly. And and that's why I feel like this is focusing more on story than it is actual time. Because, right. it, it, yeah, it, it's all about the choices that you make at the end of the day. Right. I'm
2: anxious to, to hear more about what it takes to, you know, how do you keep a companion happy? In other words, what what do you do to make it mad? What do you do to, to keep it happy? You know, how do you, I'm, I'm very anxious because I, I don't know that if you know, I know Kathy does, but I was like, when someone said we had to use companions, I was like, oh, my God, you're kidding me. You know, I just huh. I I was not a fan of the whole companion thing. Well, I'm definitely buying into it. I mean, the well, more I learn about them and how they can really be an extension of you. um, I th- yeah. think that they're the way they're doing it. Awesome. So I'm have anxious either, to hear about it.
3: Have either of you guys played Dragon Age by chance? no i watched my husband play but i know that i know yeah
2: that's the same with me i've watched my husband play
3: (laughs) well they they did say that there's going to be some similarities between how your relationship with the companions work uh in the old republic to um dragon age because you've got your parties your party that you, you you take with you whenever you go do something and you've got different companions in that game and and their happiness, they have like a happiness meter and it goes up or down. And a lot of it, you can influence it by giving them gifts or doing certain things for them by making making it go right. up. But in the story, when you make choices, um, there's been times where I, when I was playing the game, like let's say you come across someone that's in jail or in prison and nobody's around. And it's like, well, we could let this guy go. Or we can just leave him in there. And and one party member might say, I think we should let him go because it's not right for him to stay in there. Nobody's here taking care of him. The other party member might say, I think he needs to stay in there because he got what he deserved. And letting him out is just a bad idea because he's a criminal. Right. So, so competing no, competing interests, yeah. right? And like, no matter what choice you make, somebody gets mad at you. And their your relationship uh, level will go down. And so if that's the approach that they're going to take with this game and you have a companion with you, but your companions, let's just say you're trying to be like a dark side player and you're wanting to make those choices that are like the, the dark choices or the evil choices. And you've got a companion that's with you. That's like, Whoa, okay. I I signed up for helping you smuggle something out of here, but shooting people, I didn't, I didn't agree to that. Mm -hmm. And you shoot someone in the story that might affect your relationship level. And, uh, you you know which will weigh on the overall outcome well I
2: want dark companions (laughs) I want them to like it when I blow (laughs) I want want them to like when I blow somebody away
3: so what are you going to do if the companion that's like the best crafter for let's say you're doing uh, arms tech and let's say you've got a companion that's like the best companion to have for crafting arms tech in the game but he's like Toward, leaning towards the light side and every time you do something that's dark side related related he's more and more likely to leave you I'm are you just in gonna shed. say
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and order the other companions not to talk yeah. to him <laughs> y'all can't talk to him <laughs> well see i mean but don't you see how that'll
3: impact the game though Yeah.
1: Well, this is an important conversation because, you know, some people like the min maxers are saying, well, I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to, you know, if it's vet or Bodar and I have to do this, that or the other to make him craft it as super fastest with the best Mm -hmm. outcomes, I'm going to do it. But I don't I don't know that it's just going to be a matter of okay checking the box. I think what yeah. if as you say some, you're doing something else to get that but it's pissing one of your other companions off and he's going to now, you know, do so, it's going to affect your yeah. play in a in a negative way. So I think it's not going to be a matter of just like making all the positives that can possibly happen. It's going to be you're going to have to choose. Do I really want the faster crafting or do I want this other person to have better treasure hunting. So who you who do you need to make happy, and how you know how are you gonna, you know, arrange all your little priorities. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be really
0: well.
2: And yeah, we're gonna have to know more about our companions. We're gonna have to know are they leaning towards the light side if we're dark, you know, if we're if mm-hmm. we're playing a Sith or you know, and we want to take the tr- path of the true Sith, you know, are are we going to have to? I mean, can we? choose our companion i mean there's so many quick companion questions that i have i mean just actually
1: that's now. a good question i mean like well like in dragon age or kotor where they're just like you know you ended up with x number of companions but that was that only half the companions you could have chosen from i mean how did it work in those games
3: well in in dragon age you just kind of come across a person and you can help them out sometimes they'll just ask to be a part of your party based upon the conversation that you have Sometimes um, may, maybe you would miss a companion and you not even realize it just because you didn't stop to help someone or you might have killed the wrong guy and later found out that that person would have been your companion. You could have turned them to, to work with you. So well, I, I'm sorry. What was your question again?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, like how many companions – are there available to you? Well, I guess I think there was like, Like how do you choose the right one? You know what I mean?
3: Well, you get like a, you get like eight or nine. I want to say then maybe that's, I think there's about eight or nine and you kind of accumulate them over time based upon where you go in the game, stuff like that. And whenever you go to a mission it lets you take three with you and while you're, but if you don't take enough with you, sometimes guys will get mad or irritated. And when you talk to them, you can get an idea of what they're, what they, where they're going to stand in, I guess, on the where they're going to fall on the moral compass, whenever it comes to right. time to make a decision. Like if you just have some casual conversations with them, you can pick up on their attitude. And most of the time, they'll warn you ahead of time when mm-hmm. you're about to make a big decision. They'll they'll speak up and say, you know, I think we should do this.
1: Yeah, and- I th- I'm sure they'll get that kind of thing. I think they've said that you would get a warning before anything, something dramatic or that, you know, would happen.
2: But, I mean, think about the companions for a minute. Do you get to tell them? I mean, if you're the master, okay, if you're the master, do you get to tell, you know, say, I have, you know, three companions, and um, I... Can I send any of those three to go do a crafting quest, or do I have to choose one over another? In other words, if I know that there's going to be one that's going to be light side dominant because I mm-hmm. picked that up, I'm not going to send them over there to do those quests.
3: Yeah, well, I, I think you'll like, be able to tell. Right? The I feel like. Be able to tell. I think the bigger impact with your relation, the the impact on the relationship I think is going to be more when you take a companion out with you somewhere Mm -hmm. and you're just doing the normal story and you have a companion literally standing over your shoulder just watching you. And that's when he's like there when you're making the choices. I'm just speculating here, but I kind of feel like that's when that's really going to be, when you're really going to impact your relationship level with that character. I feel like that's, going to be the biggest way to do it, is taking it with you
2: well i i for one am very anxious to hear more lots yeah. and lots more about the companions i cannot wait to hear
0: more
1: okay let's see and in the same so in the <laughs> in the same developer blog he also talked about the arms tech tree for crafting um and what they're mostly the the arms tech is going to be blasters right um so you'll have pissed pist, Blaster pistols, blaster rifles, sniper rifles, and assault cannons. Um, and he talked also about the quality. And the different, the three different quality levels are premium, prototype, and artifact. And, yes, did you like how the, the lowest quality is still pre, premium? I know. <laughs> I roll it's my got eyes. It's
0: to be epic. <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> um, and, oh, it's I like- thought it was... Yeah, go ahead. That's like going to Starbucks and I'm like, I'll have a small, and they're like, you mean a tall? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no I don't want a giant drink. I just want a small coffee. That's all I want. Please, people, come
1: on. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I I liked how they said that the the casual crafters will be will make you know the, your items, and you'll be able to quote get excellent use out of them, which to me signals that you won't be doing this make. Make ten pairs of you know the green mail boots or something, and then just vendor them. <laughs> um, so so they will uh, hopefully be useful. These these items that you're making, and I like the idea that you'll be able to to uh, you know you, it'll be a while. You know you don't have to that you'll be able to use them for a while, and they won't be crap crap gear. Yeah. <laughs> um, Absolutely. So I guess that was. Did you was there anything else that you guys got out of that? Of thing,
2: Um, that's pretty much it.
1: Yep, I think so. They said at the very end they closed with that the future updates they're going to talk about crafting and the economy. So oh, just
3: real quick, Mm -hmm. I did like how they they mentioned or they commented on one of the things that I was kind of worried about with their new crafting system, and that was, is it going to lose some of its charm? The fact that you're telling your companions to create all of these different items and you're not actually creating these items. When it comes down to making the big awesome kind of like this is you're you're one of 10 people on the server that can make this item kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is it going to be diminished if uh, you don't have any hand in it, let's say? Or is it just going to kind of get resorted to where you just give out a bunch of tasks and then the items show up and it's kind of like not really crafting at that point? And they did come out and say in this article that you are going to have to have a hand in some of the more important items. Now, what that is... To the extent of that, I don't know, but they did talk about you might have to purchase an item made by someone else specifically, which mm-hmm. kind of tells me that you are going to have to go out and get some of the component pieces, maybe for the rest for you to give the order to create this item. So it's not kind of like um, you're just giving orders and it just happens a month later, and you're like, oh yeah, I finally got this in.
1: Right. It isn't like, yeah, ordering it online or something.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think that people will, you know, I think it's just kind of thinking of approaching it from a slightly different perspective, but I think it's, you're still going to feel like you're actively involved in the process. So I, you know, and actually there's, there was the, uh, there was an official forums poll and about what do you think of the cruise skill system? And, and when I looked at the last, it's like 93% positive. So you know, I think people, despite the fact that some people have had reservations, which you know it's okay. We don't know enough, and you know there are probably going to be things about the system that I don't like, even though I'm that my reaction right now is very positive. But um, but you know it's it's good to see that most people are liking what they're
0: seeing.
2: Absolutely. Well, and then that brings us to an article that Darth Hader wrote. Um, They reported that monthly subscriptions have been confirmed by EA's Eric Brown, who is the CFO, um, at the UBS 38th Annual Media and Communications Conference. Um, also, TOR will be available for digital download. We will have a link to that in our show notes um, over over back over at Darth Hader, so you can read that article. But um, and I think they also have a link in their article to the actual presentation that Eric Brown did, which is about 40 minutes long. So. I thought that was really interesting. I was excited to know that monthly subscriptions, I mean, I am not a big fan of those microtransactions. So I'm excited to see that they're going to have a subscription base. And I like the fact that it's going to have a digital download. I mean, even though I usually get the collector's edition, Mm -hmm. um, I like that for the fact that, you know, a lot of people – want to order things electronically they don't want to waste the paper and box
1: yeah i do i like and i like not having to go out
2: (laughs) but i don't know
1: it'll be interesting to see what this collector's edition is because if there's something very cool then then i might want the actual box in my hand um i was also happy to see the monthly subscription just because that's the the structure that I'm really comfortable with, like the flat rate, you know. I, I think they'll still probably have some kind of microtransactions. But um uh, and well and it'll be interesting. I mean, do you think they'll have do you think you got there will be different levels maybe of, of monthly subscription, the way some games have done?
2: Maybe. I'm hoping that it's just a monthly subscription. And then if you want anything extra added to it, even though I was a communist last podcast and said that, you know, everybody should pay a dollar more applications. You know, I really, you know, don't mind paying a dollar more myself to have that application or whatever. And, or if I want to have a special mount or Whatever, and I, you know, I like it being everybody's paying the same thing. The multi-level subscriptions are just very confusing for me, and I don't. I'm that's not something I feel very comfortable.
3: Well, if you talk about multi-level subscriptions, kind of like how Blizzard or uh, I think NCSoft kind of does it, to where you have a standard flat monthly rate, and then if you buy it over, like a six-month time card, which it's kind of like. The oh, monthly yeah. rate minus two or three dollars or something like that to where you save a little bit of money. Um, I don't have any issue with that kind of.
2: Oh yeah, but system. I was thinking more of like what they're doing in EverQuest. You know, with EverQuest Two, they've gone to the free to play uh, free to pay play model, and in the free to play model, you, there are several levels of subscription. Like you could go pay X amount of dollars and maybe only be able to play three characters and have four bank slots. And you know, I, And I'm speaking yeah. just, I'm just well, picking random numbers. So please don't hate me. There was
3: something that really intrigued me that um, champions online did when it came out. And I always said, if Bioware did something like this, I would probably go ahead and make the plunge for this. And I know when champions launched, they had their standard monthly rates, but then they had like a $200 lifetime subscription. <laughs> and
2: basically oh, not buy that either.
3: And you basically paid $200 and you got you never had to pay it again. Now, I know you there's a big well what what if I don't like the game uh and I think I don't remember how theirs initially was set up. I think you had a certain amount of time which that kind of seemed like a sucker's game, but like you had so uh, like maybe a month to decide if you were going to get it or maybe less than that. And a month. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just had the initial month for free and you had to determine within the next pay period if you were going to do this or not but but like i would probably be willing to do that with this game pay you know that that kind of money up front because if it's something like world of warcraft is and it's a game that that five years from now i'm still playing it and i'm still looking forward to the next expansion and things like that and you do the math i mean two hundred dollars is pocket change compared to what it would cost you to pay fifteen dollars a month for you know
2: yeah, 15 or $20 a month, you know, depending upon what they just set their their rate Ooh, at. I'm not going to
3: encourage the 20 but. <laughs> No,
2: but I'm just saying that it, we don't know what it's going to be. No, so. I know. And see, Lotro did the same thing. At, you know, Lord of the Rings Online, they had a, I think, um, you could pay a lifetime fee of $200, $250, bucks, something like that, and
0: yeah.
2: play it from now on. So um, yeah, I'm all I'm right. a big fan
1: of that. Yeah, and, I, I, you know, gamers, MMO gamers, are definitely willing to consider that kind of thing. Um, I'm curious to see whether BioWare might try some of this tiered stuff, more like what you're talking about, Carla, where, you know, you get less game for a, a smaller amount per month, just to try to draw in, you know, uh people who have never done an MMO and I think there is a large segment of the of the gaming population that are coming because of Kotor and BioWare and and Star Wars in general so I, yeah I don't I don't know if they'll be tempted to try something a little more like of a hybrid
2: Well you know I really wouldn't mind that as long as they lower the price for the lower you know, uh, number of items you get. For example, if I can only have three characters and four bank slots, right? You know, it'd be five dollars a month.
1: Right. You okay, start with the don't... fifteen dollars a month is the premium one, and you get right. everything, right. <laughs> um, right? And then go just, down from there.
2: Exactly. Exactly. In other words, I don't want it to them to start at fifteen dollars and go up. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: So that's just too much.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we will see. <laughs> Okay, the next thing was, um, oh, Eric Brown at that same conference said that uh, he just made a little comment about uh, how he doesn't think Tor needs to get subscribers in the millions, um, you know, the way Blizzard has. Because they are planning to make money by being in the game for, you know, I think he used the figure 10 years. So um, I I think he's just speaking to the the people who are, are, you know, the gloom and doomers who are saying Tor is going to fail if it doesn't get, you know... Eight million subscribers within the first week. <laughs> um, so it's you know, and I think that was pretty much you know there's a just speaking to those people. I don't I don't know. Obviously, I'm sure they would love to get millions. I don't know. I with eight. Don't we have like eight hundred thousand people on the forums like uh, who and have signed up? And that's just
2: out? touching the 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 yeah you know, the tip of the iceberg. I I don't think that that there are as many people on the forums because it is not close to release because a release date hasn't been announced. I mean, I think we're just barely touching the number of people that this could evolve to.
3: Well, I definitely have a lot of friends that are excited about the game. I was talking about how we land last night and everyone was kind of standing around talking about games. We're looking forward to and stuff. And everyone that I was with was talking about how they were at least going to try it. Uh, There was a group of people that was just gung ho excited there was a group of people that was like, well, I'm going to try it at least and see where it goes from, goes from there. And I feel like there's gotta be a, a large handful well, a large amount of people that are aware of the game that are, are willing to try it. And as long as Bioware captures their attention with it, you know, they'll stick with it. And those people are not going to create a forum account. I just don't see that. I was going to no. say
1: how many of those people had forum accounts already. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I see it is that those, those casual people that are, they're aware of it they're going to try it they're looking at it but they're really not going to put a lot of effort into it other than that uh you know they're they're so you when you're saying 800,000 registered form users well, I don't know how many of those are like spam accounts or something like that. Well,
1: yeah, obviously there's going to be some double. Um but but that's still a lot, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, however many are actual accounts. Yeah. So I think it only goes up from there. So I, I would I would actually be surprised to be fewer than a million subscribers yeah. for Tour, <laughs> you know, early on. Um but yeah. So that was in there was that was Eurogamer.net. It was re- reporting that uh, article. And uh, they also had a trailer parody, Carla, I think that you were going to just talk about.
2: Well, actually, I don't know what to say about it, because I I thought it was real.
1: (laughs) 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 No, not by the end.
2: (laughs) end. At the end, I, you know, I got, I finally got it. I was just like, is this real? I mean, because it First, I, first of all, I didn't recognize who this person was at all. You know, it didn't look like anybody <laughs> I'd seen before or heard it, heard about before. And then um, for it to be touted, if trailers told the truth. And right. then they were talking about borrowing money from one game to the next. <laughs> the the well, I Unleashed. find it funny
3: that they said The Force Unleashed 2, because if you've played that game or heard anything about it, it a lot of people just said it looked like it was a good idea that just didn't have enough funding or time or <laughs> something in it because it was not that polished.
2: Wow! Oh wow! Well,
0: so wow! Well. Right?
1: Yeah. So that was anyway. That's yourgamer.net. dot And then they um yeah I like when they go so when they said oh we were gonna make this game and then we were like this is a lot of work so we decided yeah. to make two trailers instead. <laughs> 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 um, but anyway, you there's a there there will be a link in the show notes to that you guys it's it's pretty amusing um i i enjoyed it
2: was funny absolutely okay that brings us to this last friday's timeline Nost, the rebirth of the sith empire what did you guys think of this timeline hologram record man i just thought it was awesome
1: yeah, I always I always like the timelines, um, especially since lore is not my strong suit. Even but um, but every time you know, I always find that when I when I rewatch them and try to take notes, that I end up having to like look keep looking things up. Because like, what was that great hyperspace war again? And <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know that's good because I feel like I'm getting a better grounding. Um, and I, I've mentioned this before. Does anybody have an opinion on why these timelines are being released in reverse? reverse order
3: um maybe just because they're any i have no idea i'm just speculating but maybe it's because the stuff closer to the actual uh date of tour is more likely going to be in the game where they're going to have reference to it and the further away you get probably the less likely it is so like it might be harder for them to start way 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 further off because they don't even know if they're going to get that far into the game. So they might've just been, let's go with the stuff we know it's going to be in the game and slowly keep going backwards. Cause I mean, <laughs> oh, they, <okay. laughs> you know, like time permitting, they might, they, I mean, we're kind of speculating, like for instance, the last timeline they had with XR that he's going to have some sort of significant impact in the storyline. But like, if they would have put that in early, let's say, and they found out they, they couldn't really go down that route with the story because of funding purposes, then right. that might be an expansion thing then everyone would get upset. So maybe they're just going with the stuff that they know it's going to be in the game for sure because it's closer to the timeline. That
1: Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> Very good, Zach. <laughs> the one thing
3: that stuck out to me that I, was, that I thought was really cool is this is the first time I can remember seeing like starships and different land vehicles and assault vehicles that didn't resemble anything from any other Star Wars movies or novels or video games that i played before oh. like always the ships resemble like the imperial ships resemble a star destroyer somehow or the at-at walkers and the republic ships somehow resemble it seems like an x-wing or a y-wing or mm-hmm. or something similar to that and like they had big boxy looking spaceships that just didn't make sense to me and had like these weird spider looking crawlers and and like the guns that they had looked a lot like modern day i guess you'd say assault rifles they had Uh like boring in the barrels to to like release air and stuff like that it looked like a it looked like just a a combustible weapon but they shot out laser beams so so i thought this was really interesting how different this technology looked and then they even talked about how the Graham moth the first grandma was the guy that laid out the, the initial prototype for the Star Destroyer which kind of right. is built upon the Odile,
1: Odile Viken is that his name yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good point because that is one of the kind of I guess complaints or observations that people make it's like why hasn't the technology changed in 3000 years yeah. <laughs> um, so yes it is good to see something different from what you're used to seeing in the movies
0: but I, I think
2: it fun- go ahead go ahead
3: no, you go ahead. Sorry.
2: Well, no, I was just thought it was really kind of neat to, to know that the foundation of like their Imperial Navy, would, the standards were set way back then. And they, they to me, that's just uh, they were so awesome and so detailed and so forethinking. I mean, this guy must have been brilliant.
3: Well, yes, yeah. clearly. Yeah, and I, I mean, like but, how he... But despite how brilliant he was, I found it funny that after they talked about how he was a, r- awarded to the rank of the first Grand Moff, and then the following sentence, they're like, and then he died in a battle yeah. trying to overtake a neighboring planet. And I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of anticlimactic.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't like
0: that either, but...
3: <laughs> well,
1: I, what I did like is... Um, this is the first time we've seen the scale of the Tarentatech. Ter- 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 to- <laughs> Did you see yeah. that picture?
3: I was like, oh yeah. my god,
1: he's like King Kong. Oh, know, huge. Like a a King. He's like
3: a on steroids or something.
1: Yeah. I was like, whoa, those things are huge. <laughs> but
0: uh,
1: but yeah, yes, yeah. and he what he slayed the thing single-handedly somehow or something like that. So he's kind yeah. of a. Yeah, he's not a dude you want to mess with. <laughs>
2: um. Well, the narrator Lance Henriksen is still my hero. He does such—I mean, he sucks yeah. me into that timeline. I mean, it's just the way he tells the story. Excellent storyteller. Excellent.
1: Yeah, I really, I really like him a lot. <laughs> um, all right, well, we'll just wrap this up with a couple of quick little things. There was a game revolution. A video interview with Daniel Erickson and Gabe uh, Amitangelo. Um the most of the stuff was I mean I think that video was that interview was done for people who really have not been following and or just sort of casually interested and um, so that they, they didn't really talk about anything new although um, Gabe Amitangelo did say something about that you might actually get a purple when you're if you crit on your treasure hunt your companion's treasure hunting so that was exciting. Nice. <laughs> um, and um, then there was a G4 interview with Daniel Erickson and there really wasn't, it was the same kind of thing. Not, not a whole lot of in depth, although we did get to hear him say spring 2011 again. So it's nice to keep hearing that, that, that the release date has not been pushed back in any way. Um, and I think that's about it for the, all the news.
0: Sin. Strong am I with the Force. Or Jedi.
1: Okay, last time we found out that Carla has the highest of hygienic practices when it comes to serving her Thanksgiving dinner guests.
2: We also found out that if Kathy and Roxanne were running a restaurant, there might be a few health code violations. (laughs) So far, our our scores stand at Carla negative three, Kathy plus five, and Roxanne zero. Remember, negative scores reflect a dark side tendency, while positive scores reflect a light side tendency.
1: Okay, you guys, are you ready for your Sith or Jedi challenge? I think I'm neutral still. Yes, right? you are. Yeah, <laughs> well, wait, wait. What were? You, what did you get last time? I forgot. You did the
3: date question. Oh, yes, I think it was a positive said,
2: one. They were both positive one, weren't no, they? No, I think
3: Brooks was positive one, but wasn't. I think I said that it depended on the situation that I might be willing to check <laughs> <Yeah>. my phone. <laughs> um.
1: Yeah, I think, I, I think you were zero on, on that one, I think. And, uh, yeah, unfortunate Roxanne was not able to join us tonight. But anyway, tonight's test is the test of the hot shower. It's Saturday morning. You have just finished your second cup of coffee, caught up on the news, and are ready to start the day. You decide to hit the shower before anyone else in the household. Once there, what do you do? One. Be as quick as possible, mindful that the hot water heater isn't very big, and you don't want to steal all the hot water. Number two, take a standard 10-minute shower using medium hot water. Or three, take a shower, shampoo twice, (laughs) shave, and then just stand under the running water and go, "Ah," until the water starts to turn tepid. Okay, Carla, what kind of shower taker are you?
2: Oh honey, I'm three's got my name written all over it.
0: <laughs> I hate that
2: person. <laughs> nah, I mean absolutely because if if I'm up early, and I'm the one that's hitting it first. If you snooze, you lose, baby. (laughs) Literally.
1: (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, that would get you a negative one. You have chosen the dark side. Hey, you were smart enough to grab the towel first and enjoy one of life's little luxuries. Let everyone else wait for the water tank to refill. No big deal.
3: (laughs) Okay, Zach, how about you? Um, I am a. I, I would say, man, this is tough. I would say one, but I don't do it just because i'm wanting to get out of the shower to not take as much hot water i just take quick showers i mean i don't know i've i feel like one would be appropriate but then again it could be zero because i, I i'm pretty much you can ask my wife i get up and i'm out the door in 15 minutes shower everything ready to go i'm just like boom 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 get get everything done and so you're just kind of an accidental conservationist.
0: I think so.
1: <laughs> All right. Well that still gets you the one, the plus one. You have chosen the light side. First in doesn't take mean to take advantage. Uh, also using less hot water is better for the planet. Or if you're just lucky, you're just fast. <laughs> have you guys ever seen that that Seinfeld episode where Kramer can't take like less than a forty five minute shower? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I'm and he tries to take you know he tries to get it up faster and it's like in 25 minutes and he comes out and he's still got like soap lather all over <laughs> <him>. <laughs> anyway, well i have to was say a good show. yeah i have to say that i am the neutral person you know it's a shower get in get out don't overthink it and don't be greedy but um i wish that roxanne had been here tonight because i would have used this as an opportunity to tease her because she is definitely the number three. I mean, she's terrible. <laughs> She'll get in there and, you know, 20 minutes later, you still hear the water. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing in there? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. But um, all right. Well, for the rest of you, you can read the past Sith or Jedi tests on our site at CorellianRun.com. Keep score and see which way you lean.
2: all right that sound means it's time for our community buzz segment where we find out what the fans are talking about the first thing on the list is player driven economy oh my goodness is the forums lit up Where they're still putting um giving input on the theme of player driven economy what they're meaning is how does a player community you know, player driven economy really run what is your opinion of the player run community do you want it to be player driven or do you want it to be you know like uh, when I think of player driven economy I think of like I'm making the crafting items and I'm selling the crafting items myself it's not something that I have to go to an instance or to PVP and get the best of the best of the best I'm selling you the best of the best of the best. And there has been, you know, points about, oh, that's going to increase the, you know, the Chinese gold farmers, because everybody's going to be buying gold. And what are your thoughts, everybody?
1: Well, I guess, so, yeah, I, you know, my wow is probably my biggest MMO experience. And I know that that's not a player driven economy, which, so let's define that for people. Is it Is this is how I understand it? It means that the best gear comes from the players, not from like raid drops or PVP. Is that is that would that be kind of my
2: opinion? Would be that a player-driven economy would be one that it is driven by strictly things that the players can find in the game, make in the game. Right. produce and sell themselves not something that they went to a raid to get or went to PVP to get or whatever
1: so is that like the same thing as saying well a crafting based economy is that yes okay um, so yeah I think there are a lot of there's a lot of there are a lot of people in the official forums that are really rooting for this uh, to have the player driven economy um, and um and I guess I, I like that idea a lot. But but I don't but I don't know if I agree that all the best gear should come from things that are player produced. I don't know. What do you think, Zach?
3: Well, I like the idea of having really, really, really rare items that have small chance drop opportunities uh, that you can kind of like shoot to get. And I think that you've got to have some stuff to... Make people want to go through instances multiple times. I mean, the story is one is one is going to get everybody through one time, but then after that, unless if it's just really good, most people aren't going to replay certain instances unless if you give them a reason to. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that you got to have some sort of aspect, and certainly gear or equipment um, is one way to do that. Now I people are talking about increased gold farming if everything is player driven and that just kind of confuses me because well first off i feel like people are going to buy gold no matter what like it's going to happen and just just you can't really do anything to like stop it from totally happening in the game but the other thing is is a lot of people i think are comparing that with world of warcraft and they're thinking well what if everything was created and then it's thrown up on an auction system to where everything has to be purchased with uh by gold and, like, I feel like a player-driven economy would mean you could barter or they're going to have some sort of system that's set up to encourage trading. Like, a person saying, I will give you this sword, but you've got to give me this piece of armor. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, that it takes away this actual currency value of the item and more of the, uh, well, this is what I've got and this is what you have. Yeah, I'll trade you straight up for that. Because um, at the end of the day, like, in the World of Warcraft game, People just go and look and go, oh, well, the current market is there's 13 of these and they're all for, you know, a thousand gold each. So it's like all they see is I need a thousand gold. And so they'll do whatever it takes to get that. But if, if like a player driven economy means you can go and send your companion out to stand on a specific corner and have certain items for sale and people can come look at that and buy items from you. Um,
1: <laughs> Will we be able to do that? That would be well, great. I don't know, but I'm just saying
3: that'd be that'd be one interesting way to approach it. But if you have like bartering, or if you put systems in place like that, I feel like it would kind of diminish the monetary value of items, and it'll be more about if I actually need that, and and it'll encourage bartering more for like item for item. Because if mm-hmm. if that's going on, then gold or probably credits or whatever it's going to be called in the Old Republic, won't have as big of a value, and therefore it that would actually, I feel like, reduce pe- uh, or discourage people from wanting to go buy gold, because it doesn't matter how much you have. At the end of the day, if a guy's like, I'm going to only give you this blaster if you give me what I need in return, then, you know, that might solve a little I, bit.
2: I totally agree with where you're going with that. I uh, In looking back at you know, Star Wars Galaxies and um, uh, World of Warcraft and some of the other games that I've played where we've had differences in economies. And one of the things that I remember most fondly is having my own little house and at my house on the steps, I have my little vendor that is greeting you when you come up to my my home and it is a vendor there that has the heart, my hard earned labor of love, whatever craft I'm doing, and offers to sell you those on my own little vendor. I mean, to me, I enjoyed that because I'm telling the vendor what to do. I mean, that still goes into the whole epic thing. But it also, yeah, um, you know, I should be able to trade with someone because you should be able to leave a message and say, Hey, you've got this really nice blaster that you've made. I have this really nice piece of armor. You know, would you like to make a, you know, would you like to barter? Would you like to trade? I mean, as long as there's some sort of messaging communication system, I think that that is awesome because I, and and I do think that crafted items should be some of the best things you can get in the game. Maybe not the only mm-hmm. maybe not the only things you can get in the game, but it should be amongst the top 2% of it, what you it, can get in the game.
3: I completely agree. it Drives me nuts in World of Warcraft when I'll spend literally 20 30 hours trying to get the materials for certain items and go days craft like forging the type of bars that I need because there's like a cooldown on how many times, how often you can, you know, smelt one of these types of bars. And, and I finally get the mats to make that item. And then I look at it and I'm like, wow, there's like stuff in the entry. There's like early, 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 early teardrops or Epic drops off 10 main instances in world of Warcraft. That is just as good, or maybe even better than this item that took me mm-hmm. all this time to create. And that's really discouraging. Like, that that exact scenario happened to me where I, I made this mace and when Wrath of the Lich King came out, and literally the next day after making the mace, I was with a in an instance with people and an item dropped and nobody <laughs> yep. needed it and I got it by default and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me! Like I just put all that time into something and then yeah, and 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 it was not it. that good of an item. Mm-hmm. It, I mean it really wasn't because I knew I was just doing ten man content and I knew like when I got into the twenty five man. And the, the harder instances that I was going to get really good items, and it's really discouraging when you've got items that you can craft and they're just not that good compared to the...
2: Uh, Crafters were secondary. Crafters yeah. were insignificant in that, you know, and, and I don't mean to cheapen anybody's craft in World of Warcraft, but I'm just saying there's nothing that can be crafted that I have seen so far unless they've changed it in Cataclysm that could be crafted that was better than what you could get by running uh, a heroic 10 man or a heroic 25 man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that the items that you could get from crafting that were useful were not were kind of like on the way to end game useful.
2: Exactly. But
1: they would be replaced by the end game items.
3: They definitely would be. And to they me that's best.
2: not what I want to see. I want to see crafters think elevated to the point of being crafting
3: gods, you know? Yeah, I think,
1: I think it would be nice to have a much more balanced scenario where some, some thing the best things are from raids and some of the best things are from crafters.
3: Well, and they can easily do stuff where they make items drop in, in flashpoints to where, you know, you have to go do these flashpoints to get these items. Like, you might have to go do a specific flashpoint that's on a Star Destroyer or, or some sort of ship just to get a chance to get these power cells that might allow you to build them. Exactly.
2: A blast. Ex- oh, thank you. That is exactly how I was thinking that, it, you know, to get re- certain recipes or a component or mm-hmm. a crystal or something that's vital that would keep us going back to that instance or flashpoint, but yet it not be equipment it not be yeah. some better gear there i mean granted i still think that they should have good gear drops there because let that be the stepping stone
3: mm-hmm. to yeah i agree because yeah, yeah i agree and it, and there's nothing more rewarding than a guild or a player uh, most of the time a player that obtains these special items in other games has to have help from friends but to to be able to say I mean, I, I'm going to go back to World of Warcraft just because it's what I've got the most time in. But like, it's really cool when you've got someone that is able to finally get the Thunder Fury, or um, wait, I think the Thunder. Th- there was the the Hand of Ragnos, which I forget what it was called, but you had to like, there there were shards that would have to drop off certain bosses, and then you have to combine them after you got these things, and then and then you got this orange, which is like a legendary hammer, and right. it was just kind of. It was really cool to be a, yeah, a and it part was like,
1: yeah, it was like a almost like you had to have a guild to help you <laughs> create the idea,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, and see that would make guilds more viable, i mean be, and people would want to stay in guilds and not guild hop to for achievements and this, that, and the other, because you were all working together. And, and forming relationships even closer, I mean, guilds have always been very important, but I just think that if you've got a crafter that just learned, you know, their, their companion just found this super epic, you know, blaster recipe and, you know, they're one of ten on the server that they got it, you know, you're going to want that person to be happy and yeah. you be proud that that person's in your guild and you're going to advertise for that person. So you're going to be feeding them material to make that. So because nine times out of 10 as a crafter in a guild, you're going to be helping your guild out too, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's a give and take situation. I, you know, I'm a firm believer in a player driven economy.
1: So one of the, in the threads, one of the things that, people said could be a danger they talked about how in Star Wars Galaxies you would have uh, some guilds that would control the market, you know, effectively sort of Walmarting everyone else out of business. <laughs> um, so how, you know, how do you, how do you fight against something like that, though, if it's a like a really How could heavily... they do
2: that in this game? And seriously, if there's only going to be, if the rarity of the drops of, of someone being able to be like one of ten on the server to make a certain item... How could a guild possibly get a collection of all of those different, you know, you know, blasters and and flamethrowers and armor and yeah, whatever? that's true. That's all true. All in they... one place.
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, they talk it because we know that no, they're going to be they're going for the variety, of the different kinds of um, crafted items. So it would that would yeah that would effectively kill. Hopefully, yeah, it would would nip
2: it in the butt because it wouldn't be like one person could be that person that has ten different things that's in the top ten percent. You see what I'm saying? In other words, it's not going to be limited. I don't think that if you've you're a crafter that can make super, you know, uh, uh. guns that you're going to be uh cra- that same crafter is going to be able to make super um, armor so you're going to it's going to be spread around i just don't see how a guild can monopolize unless you've got a guild recruiter out there going to every vendor or every person right. that's like their insane. Goal. <laughs> what's your specialty uh-huh. you want a guild we'll give you this you know i mean You may still have some of that, but I just don't think that's going to be a monopoly thing. I don't, I just don't, I don't buy that.
1: Well, one of my favorite quotes in the thread was that of what I've read was uh, Vorks from the official forums. And he's, he's, he just said, well, I've never played an MMO before, but it seems logical to me that in a community-based game, the economy should also be community-based. I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I will look forward to seeing uh, more on crafting in the economy because I think this will be a, like a big, a big, big issue when, when it finally comes out.
2: Okay, now next is one of my most favorite topics. Uh One of the big community buzz things going on right now is how much story is too much story. This is the role player's dilemma. There is a thread that you will link to in our show notes about people wanting to play their character any way they want to play Mm it. And one of the comments... um, and I read almost every one. Like, there was like 20-some-odd pages when I read this. I, I think there's a lot more than that now. But it's a thread going back and forth between role-playing community and the non-role-playing community. And it's talking about how... People want to be able to be different. In other words, let's take the smuggler, for example. He's a cocky guy, and, you know, he's just a smart-ass person that is just, you know, wisecracking and and shooting by the, you know, flying by the seat of his pants and whatever. And they're saying, well, so is your smuggler and her smuggler and his smuggler. I mean, we're all the same character. So we're, there is no difference. So we may as all, you know, we may as well all be called John Smuggler, you know, John John Smuggler or Jane Smuggler, you know, they're just wanting a difference. And what I found most interesting about this whole thread was the fact that the non-role-playing community were so brutal to the role-playing community because they want to just enjoy their character
1: hmm Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of intolerance slinging around on that thread, I thought.
2: what do you think, Zach?
3: Um, well, it's definitely, I think, uh, this falls victim to role-playing and people who do role-play. It's just, if it's something you've never participated in, as an outsider, it can come across as being extremely weird. <laughs> and and it's easily to identify it as that and it's easily just to to jump on that and make fun of it because when something's different it's just kind of like oh fear it or make fun of it or something like that just because i don't necessarily understand it now i've never really role played a whole lot in my lifetime i have sat in and participated on my a couple of D D events and other similar things in other video games and i've discovered that it's not necessarily for me it's not what i like to do Mm -hmm. but i understand why people enjoy it and and i can also understand just looking at being an mmo player how my friends who don't play mmos can just bash mmos and they have like this really weird attitude towards them because they don't understand why they're so why people put so much time in it why they are willing to put so many like my friend we were just commenting last night has almost nine thousand hours of world of Warcraft. <laughs> oh my gosh and that's ridiculous but at the same time like actually sitting down and talking to him i understand why he has so much time in it but it's one of those things where when he's that that's what his hobby is and that's what he loves doing um if you don't understand it i could i i mean i'm i think it just that that's just a reflection of how people are it's like it's kind of putting people down and, and, and I think that's kind of what this is, is just people don't understand why role players do what they do or why they want to do, be able to do what they do. And so it's just like, your concerns don't mean anything to me. In fact, what you do is kind of weird anyways. So, <laughs> that's right. I'm so just shut make, up. <laughs> yeah.
2: And, well, I do. That's kind of
3: sad. <laughs> I,
2: yeah. I do understand where you're coming from. I mean, in, in listening to how you just put it, you know, put it into words there It just goes back to to life in general. I mean, just because someone is different or does things differently... We have to look at them differently or we make fun of them. And it goes back to the whole tolerance of just because I like it doesn't mean you have to look at, like it. But don't put me down because I like it. And yeah. I'm a I'm a role player from way back. And I love the, the whole immerse yourself into the character. And But we're in this particular fully voiced MMO. We are kind of being guided into how we're supposed to feel well. about our character.
3: Mm-hmm. You're being guided as to uh, how your character's personality is only – well, but the thing is, is like every other MMO that's that I can think of in the last 10 years, it's impossible to have a storyline and not kind of somewhat guide how your character is. Like like if you really want to have a true role-playing MMO, they would just kind of drop you off and not give you any story whatsoever, and you would just play your character and you would just go do random missions, and that's it. There'd be no rhyme or reason for why you do missions, other than you decide, you know, and you would kind of, ref- your decisions would kind of reflect your character's pl- true role playing style and everything like that. What they're doing here is just simply making the story that's been in every other MMO more entertaining. Like mm-hmm. World of Warcraft, going back and playing Cataclysm, like I'm actually paying attention to the storyline. But it's really hard for me, to because it's all text for the most part. And they are doing an okay job at trying to change that up a little bit. Like, I can see where they're putting a lot more cutscenes and things in place. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, this is a really bland way to tell a story. And that's what BioWare is just trying to do, is put an entertaining story out there. And, it, I mean, the the way... The the, the truth of the matter is, is 80% of the people that are probably going to play this game aren't going to role-play. So they're probably going to... And I'm just making that statistic up off the top of my head. I don't know if it's (laughs) that accurate or not. But I kind of feel like that more people are going to be non-role players than role players, so therefore they're going to develop the game to be more entertaining for the person that isn't role-playing than the person that is role-playing.
2: Well, that – and I think that – the what I call a true role player and, and, and one that wants to develop their own character and their own storyline for them, their own character, they that's really pen and pencil, and that goes way back to you mm-hmm. know early, early things when that's what we had to do for all you know yeah playing yeah, and i think what? those players
1: are going to do it i mean they're, yeah. they're just going to
3: work around the story or ignore well, the parts yeah. that don't fit that's, you
1: know the, that's what i not, was going to say just play
3: the story and then after you get through the story just ha- keep t- tabs of your own you know backstory for your character and if you there's going to be role-playing guilds and you know, things like that and and you can you know.
2: still make up a history of your character. You can still make up where you were born and and who your parents were and, and you know, to go along with your name and, and that sort of thing. Just because you're a smuggler doesn't mean that, you know, you're an orphan or, you know, you, whatever. You know, you mm-hmm. can do whatever you want. And I think that, I guess, going back to the whole tolerance thing is the non-role players need to be more compassionate towards the role players but the role players need to lighten up (laughs) and be more uh, uh, compassionate towards the way bioware is trying to direct the game they're trying to make it epic for everyone and you can either choose to to step into your role and make it your own you know yeah uh, role
3: players are going to find a way Yeah, to, I,
2: like, I think that as, as a whole They're going to be able to To do their own thing And I think they're going to do it well And I, I've I,
3: already got my big role playing thing in my mind That I want to do uh, once the game launches
2: Cool <laughs> Alright, well that brings us to our final um, Community buzz thing And I wasn't going to ask you Because I didn't know if you wanted to say it I didn't want to cut you off Did you want to tell us what it was? Zach?
3: uh is, is, is what i don't see what's the final i thought on my oh, notes i'm I talking about you your story
2: <laughs> about story i cut you off did you want to tell us what oh. your
3: story is oh or do you well, want to save it, it i'm going to save it I'll, I'll, <laughs> sure? I'll tell you guys off air <laughs> oh that's
2: oh. well, like, oh, kind of you... what i gathered but i then i thought oops did i cut him off did he want to share that
3: Okay. secret. I know,
2: I, want to buy your I think it's a great
3: idea if I can if I can pull it off, but it's one of those things where I'm I don't want to put it out there too okay. much. Okay.
2: Sure. Okay. Well, I didn't want to cut you off if you want to tell us. Well, that leads us to our final community buzz item, and that is the release of Cataclysm, and how this particular release and what we thought was important. And this is kind of a a buzz that's happening amongst those of us that are very anxiously awaiting star Wars, the old Republic. And yet we're killing time by playing world of Warcraft and cataclysm. And um, we wanted to talk about this, the transition and some of the things that are happening in this game that we're hoping will translate over into Star Wars, and one of the things that's big for me and that I wanted to share was the what seemed like a seamless um, load of you know uh, the way that they did their patches over the course of you know six weeks you know eight weeks or whatever that led up to the release date of this expansion to ease the burden of everybody hitting the downloading you know the uh, download thing of uh, server and it taking forever to get your game patched and everything it was seamless i did not i pre-downloaded everything and had everything downloaded um before i entered my code Mm-hmm. To yep. start the game, and when the date when it, the date came and I could actually go play, all I had to do was enter my code and start playing, and there was nothing to download. I yeah. didn't even have yeah. city download. I mean, nice. that's-
1: yeah. Did you have? I had no login issues whatsoever, and it was just great and very smooth <laughs> from the first minute of play.
2: What I liked was that how Blizzard anticipated the issues that they had run into in the last couple of patches was number one, we overloaded the um, uh, update servers, you know, to update or patch the game. They, they resolved that issue or minimized it to almost nothing. Then they also anticipated the server load on people logging into their website. To try to get their game code um, entered into the to the game. So what they did, I understand. I even though I did not um, log in and get uh, put my code in at midnight or you know when the game was actually going live, um, they said that there was a little bit of a lag or bog to get your code entered in. But what Blizzard jumped on that and what they did is they shut down all the functions, all the forums and all the other functions temporarily just to handle people logging into their account to add the code. And when you went to worldofwarcraft.com, instead of seeing um their forums that knew how you could go to their news page or their account or whatever the first thing you saw was the big cataclysm uh logo that said have you purchased cataclysm do you and the big button in the middle of the page it says enter your code here and you press the button and it took you straight to log into your account and you put your code in and boom it was done i mean yeah. right there on the front page they replaced well, their whole front their whole front page.
3: I think another step, the, another thing that Blizzard did that was that was pretty cool and was kind of take, talking about what you're talking about with the, the whole entering in your code but taking it a step further is actually allowing the game to be digitally downloaded mm-hmm. um, and not having to go get a purchase copy through the store because I had an account that was pretty much upgraded and ready to go Prior, and I think this is probably what helped ease some of the burden too, is the fact that there were so many digital download purchases. That people that had already upgraded their account and they could do that. They, you know, I don't, I don't know when they allowed you to do, like pre-order the digital download. But if you've already got that account set up and ready to go, um, until they actually turn the stuff on, you know, you won't be able to access it. But you already have the whole process of registering everything, kind of taken out or knocked out of the way. And so that also, I think, takes away some of the burden of everyone trying to enter in their codes at the same time because there's a good chunk of people that already got it over with.
1: Right, yeah, weeks, so I,
3: I hope that's what, what
1: BioWare is going to do. I have that news a bit about how the the game will be available for digital. Yeah. Download. I hope you'll be able to do it ahead of time <laughs> um, because, yeah, it was – it was, just made the whole process much easier.
2: Well, the thing well, that I would like to see them take it a little one step further, and that is, I would have loved to have been able to order the digital download for the collector's edition, and then just have the rest of the, you know the book and the music sent cheese. to me later. I agree. You know, I mean, I would have loved to have had that option, and I would have jumped on it, like, in a heartbeat, even though I love the whole social thing of going to GameStop every time. I would have done it just to do like y'all did, have it pre already pre-downloaded, have it pre-registered to where all I had to do the day it was released is log in. You know, I would have loved yeah. to have done that.
1: Well, maybe they will hear you. I hope, <laughs> and, I hope <laughs> that I would, That great too. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, did you guys notice like a couple of things that, that Tor has talked about being in their game are now are in WoW's game. So like, maybe this is the new thing. Like the, there were, well, one, the first thing I noticed was there's more like, well, as you said, Zach, the more cinematics, but also just voiced stuff. You know, like the, the NPCs, you can hear it. It's not just, little yellow letters on your screen you actually hear them shouting and saying stuff um which just gives more atmosphere and two my favorite thing was the as soon as you're done with a with a combat your health just goes zoop, right back up to full. I was like, oh my gosh, no sitting and eating or drinking. Yeah, <laughs> I love this. So I thought that was wonderful, and just like it's it's as wonderful as I imagined it when they first started saying at BioWare that that was what was going to be happening in Tor.
2: I like that. And what about the part of of the instant quest where you walk over a, an area and an NPC says, you know, sends you a quest immediately? Oh, you're in this area, and boom, here's a quest. Um, I had that happen in an instance in a Cataclysm just the you know two days ago. Um, you would be you would accept a quest to go there, and then once you killed the first person you could be walking down the hallways going to the next or the next cavern or whatever and there's just this little exclamation point laying in the middle of the street you know the uh, cavern way and you walk over it and boom you've got an you've got a quest given to you
3: right right you know
2: so it's good when
3: it works because i was doing the dead mines which has been redone and they had the character that would give you a quest and then he gave you like an earpiece that he would talk to you and when you completed the quest, you could turn it in, but it was broken. And we had to run all the oh way back no. to the beginning of the instance just to get the next part of the quest. And so I was like, I, I knew what they were trying to do. And they've talked about, uh, BioWare's talked about this for a while, especially with the Imperial Agent being able to use like a holocron to, to, to turn in your right.
1: quests. right?
3: Yeah, turn in your quests and stuff and get new quests. So I have a feeling, I had a feeling that's what they were trying to accomplish. And then I was playing in Redridge today and they had like a gnome recorder And, like, once I got that, I could turn in the quest from there, and then they would give me a new quest over that and and just keep going on with certain chains. Now, it wasn't like that with all the quests, but but that's nothing that's new. I mean, City of Heroes did that a long time ago, that once you started a chain, somebody would give you a cell phone, and you could just keep calling the person up on your cell phone and turning the quest in, Mm -hmm. and... It's just, wow. wow, didn't do it. That's all.
2: Yeah. Wow didn't, wow didn't do totally all these well. different things that we're talking about, you know? So, I mean, this cin- cinematics is the first thing. I had to start a war again just so that I could see that whole new area and see how it went. And I loved the whole, you know, gothic scene or whatever. But what I, I loved noticed, it too. what it was most predominant to me was the amount of cutscenes and cinematics in such a short number of levels. I'd never seen that in the game before, and I've been playing this game six years.
1: Now, does that continue outside the world? The when you get back to the regular world within that's been revamped, are there as many cutscenes or that type of? I record? haven't
2: noticed them as predominantly, but mm-hmm. I noticed some
3: major scenes? ones in Red. No. I've yeah. noticed two major ones. Okay, so they so you can kind of expect them to pop up. Yeah, and well, m- yeah, maybe. And I know they've redone everything, but there was a major one in Westfall, and there was a major one in Red Ridge.
1: Yeah, okay. Well. well, that's really cool. I'm looking forward to seeing those. <laughs>
3: um, I should say, it wasn't major like, like the the cutscene as w- when you're playing a worgen where it's got everyone, you know, pretty much holding the line inside the church, and and it's mm-hmm. the cutscene where it kind of shows your character transforming into the worgen. It's nothing of that quality, but there are other cutscenes. It's like in the game that I, I've noticed that are pretty big at climactic story points right. and
1: stuff
2: yeah that's pretty cool
1: well it's been fun to uh, just dabble in that game again you know while we're waiting for other bigger things that are coming out <laughs> um and and yeah and it's and it's been really great just to see you guys in the game you know which is oh
3: yeah and yeah it, it's been a lot of fun
1: and i ran into i think what is it ekodar is who is like a friend of yours in Brooks. I yeah, and he was like really helpful to me for, in terms of like pod, technical podcasting questions. I was like, what <laughs> is the difference between VBR and CBR? Or whatever. And you know, he was wonderful. I was like, oh, he actually. Is,
3: you, when? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't go mean to ahead. You go on. ahead. I was gonna say that podcast I was telling you about that Brooks and I used to do,
1: uh-huh.
3: a long time ago, and nobody listened to it. He was actually one of the people that did it along with us at the time. Oh, so. Okay,
1: he mentioned that he had done a podcast with with you guys, I guess. Uh, So, so yeah, that's been the great thing about cataclysm for me also is just to, I feel like we're starting our tour community a little early and, you know, maybe that'll transfer to the next game. It'll, it'll be Talking about
3: community just real quick. There's a person in our guild and, and I was talking the other day and he's like, yeah i hear you and brooks are from indiana i was like yeah and he's like that's that's cool he's like i've got some aunts and uncles that live in indiana as well and i was like oh really he's like yeah he's like they live in some town called noblesville and i was like you're kidding that's where i live yeah oh, i was there like, i saw oh. that <laughs> yeah and i thought that was funny it's just like small world yeah. yeah
2: yeah you just
1: get to know a little bit more about about the other players and yeah it's 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 fun it's been a, a nice experience Does that wrap it up for us in terms of our... I think so. (laughs) Okay, well, I think we're heading to the end of our podcast then. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Guild Launch, which is the place to go for full featured guild website hosting. You can check them out at guildlaunch.com. And you can contact us through our website, corellianrun.com. We have... Forums, which which is a, actually a great place to go right now if you're at all interested in playing Cataclysm with us because there's a thread there um, that will help you with in terms of names of tunes and blah, blah, blah. So go check that out. I'll have a, we'll have a link in our notes. Um, and then you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook.
2: And you can leave us a voice message by clicking our Google Voice button that's right there on our website or call 281-766-4511 We would really love to play your message on our podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Zoom. And we would like to thank Biz. He left us a a very nice constructive feedback on iTunes. Thank you very much. And we'd also like to thank Hay Barn for writing us a really nice note uh, about enjoying the podcast. Thank you
3: very much.
1: And and thank you to Zach for joining us today. It's been really great to have you
3: on. Oh, You're it's our, been a lot of fun. Our first, I'm glad we were able to, finally. to make it work. Yeah. I thought it was we, like a bad omen or something. Yeah, we spent, the last time yeah. We- <laughs>
2: We, we
0: have like had an an hour some technical difficulties. Week. Oh my Yes, gosh. It yes, was yes.
1: Terrible, and Zach just hung in there with us for like over an hour trying to figure out if it was gonna work, and and then it didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, right. and then Still he came have. back again tonight, and we thought we were gonna have that whole thing happen again, but we finally got our our act together. So,
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> so, thank you again. It's been really, really fun. We'll have lot. to have you and Brooks both on thank you. another time.
2: Well, that wraps it up for us here at Corellian Run Radio. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Until next time, I'm Carla.
1: And I'm Kathy. May the Force be with
0: you.
2: And may your treasure hunters always crit purple. (laughs) You've been listening to Corellian Run Radio, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast. Tune in next time to hear Kathy say...
1: Your first companion is working on crafting a blaster cannon made from precious alloys and metals he collected on a four hour gathering mission. He will complete the blaster in one hour. In 15 minutes, your second companion is due to return from persuading a local government official to allow you to complete important trading quests. Upon her return to the ship, she will immediately begin her three queued up 10 minute tasks to complete parts for the sniper rifle your guildmate has ordered. Those parts will be ready. Right ready for your third companion to craft the rifle by the time he returns from his treasure hunting mission in 30 minutes. Meanwhile, your fourth companion has been hard at work making new sets of dual pistols at 20 minutes each for you and your fifth companion who was out with you investigating a suspicious package being delivered to Narshada. Now that the fifth companion is back with you on the ship, you will assign 3 gathering tasks and 2 crafting tasks that will keep her busy when you log off for the night. Here's the question. With all the crafting, all the gathering, all the diplomatic missions and treasure hunting, how long will it take to get the hot one
0: in bed? End. Transmission.